I'm here today, Wednesday the 1st of February, and I'm standing outside St Salvatore's Quad. There's probably around 200 people here. Some are wearing pink QCU hats, some are holding signs, so you can see 3% is not enough. You can hear lots of cars honking in the background to show their support. I think there's a guy somewhere around here playing the bagpipes as well. We've been talking to a range of people and the general sentiment is one of both anger and frustration at the university, but also at the situation more generally. From the Saint, I'm Isabel Lobscher. This week on Saint Speaks, the UCU strikes again. Tom, why are you striking? Right. So there's two different disputes that UCU is involved in at the moment. One of them is on, on, on pay and conditions. The other one is on pensions. I'll talk about the pay one first. Academic pay, academic-related pay has fallen by about 20% over the last 10 years against inflation. So every year, inflation goes up and pay doesn't match it. So the pay in our profession has been dropping. That's a particular problem for early people in their careers when they, when they come into um, academic and academic-related roles. So we're asking for a decent pay rise to come somewhere near to matching inflation at the moment because we're falling behind it every year. There's also a whole range of things about conditions of work as well that we're on strike about. That's to do with workload, the excessive workload across the sector, casualisation, so short-term, insecure, hourly paid contracts for people, um, equality in pay, so there's a huge gender pay gap and there are dis disability and ethnicity pay gaps as well. Um, and Tom, what's your role at the University of I'm a professor in the School of English. I've worked here for just over 20 years, so I've been here a lot. <laughs> How much do you get paid? I get paid uh, at the, on, on the professorial um, pay band, on the bottom point of that pay band, having recently been promoted. So this isn't about my individual pay. This is about pay in the sector. Um, as, as us old people move on and retire, new people come into the profession, are, are coming into the profession where the pay has fallen. So the starting salary is the problem, not so much the salary for, for comfortable people like me. you guys me. have been striking, you're going to strike now for 18 days, but you've been striking last semester, last year, for years now. <laughs> Why do you think it might work now? Is, do you think that these strikes will be effective? There's, I mean, there's one thing about today in particular, in this moment in time it's, it's more generally, humanized. which is that about half a million workers across the UK are on strike at the moment because everybody is realising that, when pay consistently falls behind inflation uh, and, and inflation um, gets a bit more steep, as we've seen this year, People can't afford to live. So people in, in lower paid roles, um, people with part-time roles, with hourly paid roles, simply are not going to be able to afford to live. So it's, it's, it's getting to a point where I think employers see, uh, and hopefully governments will see, that pay, more satisfactory pay deals have to re be reached. And have you seen with some of your colleagues that they're struggling more now in the cost of living crisis? Absolutely, yes. Um, Everyone's struggling with heating bills, with transport costs, with, with food costs, um, with, with rents, with, with mortgages. It's get, it, get, it gets very hard to live. I mean, we've, we've got to think about how people are coming into university professions. They're coming in now, as you know very well, after undergraduate degrees with huge fees, uh, with a huge student loan burden to pay off when you finish that. Then you've got postgraduate study. Then you've probably got a few years teaching hourly paid or doing contract research jobs before there's a prospect of a reasonably paid and reasonably secure job. So 
for that sort of colleague, for that sort of worker, it's a very hard situation. Mm, it's hard. And I suppose in comparison to others, like, like being a professor is a very skilled job and just not being paid for the hours that you put in, that must be disheartening. Do you feel that your time and your work is respected? Yeah, I, th I think that's right. I mean, it's sad to say, but over the last decade or so, university senior management have devalued the work of their colleagues. Because that's what it is when you don't match inflation um, in, in pay offers, you're devaluing the work of your colleagues. Um, on average, people, academics report that they work 51 hours a week. Now, our, our you know, notional contracted hours are 36 in a week. So that's 15 hours of unpaid work in a week that an average academic is doing. Academic-related colleagues report similar kind of numbers. So, yeah, you feel a bit undervalued in those circumstances. And look, some people might say that the only people who you're really impacting with these striking measures is students, and it's them who are losing out without that much of a chance. Even if they agree with your concerns and they fully yeah. How would you, what would you say to students who feel like this process is unfair to that? I would say, be with us. Your learning conditions are our working conditions. So if we're not working in a situation that makes it possible to deliver a high-quality education, you're not going to get a high-quality education. And we've got to a point where we can't happily continue doing what we've been doing. So we need these improvements, and we, we ask you for your support. Um, if we make this a big, effective strike action, then a dispute gets resolved and we all go back to doing what we love, which is teaching and working with students and trying to add to the storehouses of knowledge. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tom. So, Sandro, what's your role at the University of St Andrews? In fact, I have several roles across the university. I am, first and foremost, a graduate teaching assistant, um, which means I teach for the School of English. Um, I'm also a PhD student. I'm working on my PhD, a third year student, and I also work for the library in a library assistant position. Um, and that's essentially because I need to work across different fields and at different times to be able to afford what's happening in the world right now. How has the cost of living crisis affected you? Obviously oh. St Andrews is an expensive place to live. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think particularly looking at the housing market in St Andrews, it is mad how much of my pay directly goes to just having a roof over my head. And that gap is increasing with the lack of pay increases um, that's, that's happening at the moment. Um, so we are aware that Universities UK has been making offers, but in real terms, those offers um, are still pay cuts for us, uh, looking at the current rate of inflation that we're living under. So the lived experience is that I am not able to um, afford the kind of grocery product that I used to buy. I'm not able to do fun things for myself that uh, really play a big part in sort of like mental health, especially um, if you're like me working across three different positions, doing a PhD and juggling a lot of different responsibilities at the same time. How many hours do you work a week? Um, it's, with the teaching, it's hard to say because there's a difference between the hours we are being paid and the hours that we actually work. Um, so I want to say for one tutorial, I tend to prepare for up to six hours and then the tutorial itself is like the seventh hour, the, the contact time. Um, my library position is 10 hours at the moment. Um, I need to do research on the side as well to qualify as a PhD researcher. So any kind of um, publications, conference talks, I do that basically in my spare time and that's just... Um, 
because I'm, an, I'm not funded, I'm a I'm totally self-funded student. And do you feel that there's a real collective energy here today and amongst the staff in general that say, okay, we're all in this together, we're all striking, not for us, but for everybody else as well? Absolutely, and I think at St Andrews we have the massive privilege that we've seen a massive student solidarity as well. I think students realise that because we are the staff that teach them, the quality of teaching that they receive is, is basically connected to what what employment conditions we work under. So the worse we are being paid, the more we are working without being properly paid, the worse their teaching is going to get. And I think looking at the current trend of tuition fees going up, 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 um, that's not fair on the students, that's not fair on the lecturers, on the graduate teaching assistants, um, really it's not fair on anyone. So um, no, I definitely see that this one hopefully, we're all hoping that it doesn't have to be the 18 days of strikes, uh, but if it is, we're ready to be here and to stand and stand up round. From what Tom and Sandra have said, it's clear that they care about students. Given the current situation, it seems they have been pushed into striking. External strains, such as the cost of living crisis, and failures from both the university and the government have meant they don't have a choice. They have to find a way to express dissatisfaction. Striking, it seems, is the last resort. So, Sharon, how long have you been working at the University of St Andrews? So, just over nine years, um, but in higher education, about 23 years. So, yeah, significant number of years. There's been a lot of change over those years. And, um, well, perhaps not with regards to pay. <laughs> well, yes, that's very true. I think since I, before I started at St Andrews, I've pretty much been on the same pay grade for 16 years. Um, so, yeah, I've really seen the impact that um, not having an inflation level pay rise has had so it's quite significant yeah. and what's your position here so i'm an academic liaison librarian so we work in the library working with students working with academic schools it's quite a varied quite varied role but um yeah and um, what do you think about what do you oh, the university have obviously said that this is collective action that needs to be solved by universities nationwide and there's very little they in, on an individual level can do. What do you think about that? So I think the university has been quite silent. It hasn't used its significant voice. St Andrews is number one university for student experience. It does really well in things like the NSS. It has, although it's a small institution, it has a loud voice, but it's very, very silent on this. And it really needs to step up. It needs to take the leadership role that it has. It does have that role. Everyone knows about St Andrews. We're not nowhere. Um, so we really need our university to step up and, and take a stand alongside its staff and recognise that it should be influencing other universities, joining with them and finding a way to resolve the dispute because this review, dispute can be resolved. We shouldn't be here. And when that silence seems so loud, how does that feel to you who've been working here for years and your colleagues? It's quite insulting um, because we often have heard from our our leaders um, that they value the staff, that the university is the staff and students, but we don't see that in actual action. And so that's what I'm expecting of, of any employer to stand with their staff for a fair deal. So we all want the same thing. You know, we want universities to be well funded. We want our students to have a good experience. We, I personally really value higher education. I think it's a really important thing. Um, we need to defend it, we need to protect it, and we need our employers to do the same. Hi, Keith. 
Hi. <laughs> so, um, what position, what's your role at the University of St Andrews? So, um, I am a graduate teaching assistant and a PhD student at the University of St Andrews, and I am an anti-casualization officer and the postgraduate representative for the UCU St Andrews. Um, so, can you explain to us what is casualization? So, a number of... Uh, under, under, under fair pay conditions, employees of a university or any other workplace are ideally expected to have stable pay, they're expected to have pensions, they're expected to have insurance, they're expected to have medical leave, um, and more. Um, but most of these benefits are denied to a large number of employees through casualized contracts, contracts that are otherwise termed zero-hour contracts, where the number of hours of work are not guaranteed. Um, none of these other benefits that I just mentioned are guaranteed and they are basically expendable. They have no notice period, and if so, they are very, very, very limited in the amount of um, in, the, in the amount of recourse they can claim from any kind of body. So fundamentally, it puts you in a position of instability. Yep, and in, 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 it's, it's a level of incredible precarity where um, one is in, in, unable to plan for their future as an employee in order to have a livelihood and also just thrive as, as, a, as a, and have a life in places like St. Andrews. And how widespread are those contracts in St. Andrews? Um, in St. Andrews of late, we've been trying to reduce that as much as possible. The union successfully managed to negotiate and implement the graduate teaching assistant contracts for um, tutors um, at the postgraduate level. But casualization continues to pervade a, m a number of other um, parallel um, fields of work in St. Andrews. Um, while I can't give a number to it right now simply because we're gauging that right now um, as, as we speak, um, there it still remains predominant. And even under the graduate teaching assistant contracts, You've seen the university try to try to turn that uh, phrase around. The whole point of the contract was supposed to be that we are employees, that we are given all the kinds of benefits that a salaried employee at the university is. But now the university has come out and said that the £500 one-off incremental supplement that was paid to um, employees at the university not, do not apply to us because we are students and we are not staff. And how does that make you feel when you see the university? You don't feel that they're supporting? Not great, not great. Also because as graduate teaching assistants, official members of staff have told us, well, do you expect us to pay you for the actual quality of work that you do? Which is demoralizing at the, at, 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 at the least and, um, well, threatening to our livelihoods at the most. Um, it means that most more, more casualized staff are falling ill more often. Um, they're unable to have families as they would like to have. They're unable to um, do any of the normal things that one would do to thrive. Um, and that 500 pound supplement might not seem like a lot for, for one for a one-off payment, especially considering the cost of living crisis, but it means a whole, hell of a lot for a lot of folks across the university and across St. Andrews. Um, so not great. It affects the way we study, it affects the way we work, it affects, affects the way we live and love and flourish. And apart from uh, casualization is one issue, what are the other major issues that you think are plaguing higher-level education at the moment? Well, first and foremost, precarity itself as a concept goes broader than simply casualization. It, it is, it's a larger, more linked um, 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 state of being, which includes things like the lack of pension, appropriate pension fund, the lack of pay equality across um, genders, the lack of um, pay, I mean, the lack of inclusive hiring and practices, for instance. And these issues kind of pervade you know, not just not just St Andrews but across the UK, um, particularly considering that we're in a cost of living crisis and a housing crisis and more. Um, universities tend to treat their employees as if they are expendable, switchable parts of a machine rather than people who need to live in this place and actually have a life here. And obviously the UK at the moment is seeing a massive wave of strikes over a multitude of sectors. Yeah. Do you think that is going to sort of bolster your cause and see? 
and hopefully take it further and achieve more effective action that has the negotiations that have been achieved in the past. 100% and it is it is a longer fight. Um, this is as close to a general strike as we've had in a long time and that says something. Um, people are unhappy, people are trying to do things to make their lives better but constantly whilst this is going on the same folks are also trying to do the best that they can for the places they live in, for their students, even if they aren't being paid enough, even if they aren't being um, given the kinds of benefits they deserve. Um, so I do think that this the kinds of coalitionary stances that happen between multiple trade unions and university unions uh, are significantly important for us to take this fight ahead because otherwise universities will always find a way to lengthen uh, the battle. VCs are always going to be overpaid. Um, VPs are always going to make statements that, well, you're not employees. Um, you don't really count. Um, but this is—it's—it's been a—it's been a, a decades-long fight, and I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. Amazing. Thank you so much. Having spoken to Sharon and Q, I think there's two common themes across what they've said. The first is that these strikes aren't just about those working in traditional professor or lecturer roles. It goes much deeper than that. It's people just starting their careers or working to support other aspects of university functioning. I think often these people aren't really depicted in the media. We've constructed an image that it's people with established careers kicking up a fuss about nothing. It's clear that that's simply not the case. And secondly, it's clear that the silence from individual universities is felt deeply across the profession. People feel undervalued and disrespected. They expect their employers to stand up for them, but in reality, they're just being treated like they're an inconvenience. And being made to feel like this can't be nice. Hi, Jay. How long have you been working at the University of St Andrews? I've been here since 2019 and before that I had nearly 25 years at the University of Glasgow. So you've been in teaching in higher education for a very long time? A very long time, yes. <laughs> and what do you think have been the shifts in those, what, almost 30 years that you've been teaching? There's been some, some good stuff in the sense that um, there has been uh, some increases in inequality sorry, inequality, not in, in, in inequality. And, um, but the reason we're here today is that there's been some increasing casualization. Um, mm. And so when I started, I was really lucky. Um, but it was kind of, it was, it was a much more common experience. So I'm saying I'm lucky, but in a, in, a, in a kind of looking at it from today, I got straight into an academic job. I came out of my PhD, I went straight to the University of Glasgow and I was in a permanent lectureship. And all the people that I knew around that time had similar job um, trajectory trajectories. Nowadays, people who are starting out are almost universally in um, limited term contracts. They're maybe on six months or nine months, lucky if it's a couple of years, and no job security beyond that. And that has, I think, particularly particular impacts on, on women because um, you know, uh, it's sometimes more difficult to move around for a contract like that. If you're young, free and single, and it's an exciting opportunity to go to one university for, for a few months, then go somewhere else. But if you've got family, we've got other responsibilities. You want a sense of stability, you ultimately. Want a sense of stability. You can't just uproot and move every nine months or so. And it must be awful just not knowing long-term what your, where, your next, you know, where your next paycheck's check's coming from. So in that way, do you think that women have been disproportionately affected by these pay inequalities, lack of pay rises, casualisation, all these concerns that the you're striking does for. suggest that women and, and other minorities, not women are minorities, but, but other unprotected groups tend to be more um, overrepresented in, in, the, in the more precarious contracts. 
and also the changes to the the pension scheme, which is another reason that we're we're here. Right, because it's not just instability during when you're working; it's afterwards as well. No, and that's and that's something that the, the public, the kind of jobs like um, uh, university jobs, have always been, you know, recognition that you're not getting paid the same level as you get in the private sector. Um, my my sister always laughs at me because she's getting paid way more in the private sector. But the the quid pro quo with that was that you got a reliable pension at the end of it. Um, not a huge pension, but one that you can live off. And I've just had my pension cut by about a third, actually slightly more than a third, and, and many of my other colleagues are in the same position. That you know, how do you how do you deal with something like that? And it's changed from being um, a final salary pension, which is the pension based on where you've managed to, to get to in your career, and now it's it's based on the average of your income. And that again hits women more because women tend to take career breaks. All the evidence is that women get um, promoted more slowly than men. We may end up in the same place. I'm really lucky. I'm a, you know, I'm a professor, but it's taken me longer than some of my male counterparts to get here. So if we're averaging that out over a career, I get a lower pension. And, and what again, is the statistics suggest that 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 is gendered and raced and, and, and so forth? And what has the justification been for the changes to the pension scheme? The justification that we were told was that, uh, the, that we couldn't afford it, and certainly, you know, the demographics are such that there's more people retiring, more are able to, to live for longer, um, and so there is a demand on the pension pot. But the problem that we have is that that valuation was made um, on a, a particular period where the pension value did drop, but since then it's recovered. The pension, um, all the analysis, and I think, I think even much more sort of conservative economists. I think there was there was something in the Financial Times, not exactly the most radical uh, publication, saying that, that, that there was a dodgy valuation. And they didn't say dodgy valuation, but there's questions over the um, robustness of the valuation. The union's experts, of course, we've got lots of experts on economics across the universities in the UK, have, have demonstrated that there's absolutely no reason for this cut to be made and that it should be um, it should be reinstated. So it, it's difficult to really understand how it is that we're sticking by this. And look, these strikes are going on in universities throughout the UK and the university here has said that there needs to be a collective national response. Do you think that there's changes that can be made on an individual basis from University of St Andrews or do you think that it does need to be collective demands and collective response? I think it does need to be collective demands because um, the, the point of a, of a union is that we look after everyone and we're in a very fortunate position in St Andrews. I think financially the university is in a much better position than many other universities um, and I think some of the some of the practices at this university are better than across the rest of the sector. But I don't want just to look out for you know early career staff here. I want to be supporting you know um, academics across the country. And I think what would be great to see from St Andrews is is some leadership amongst the um, the universities. It seems that quite a lot is said at this university, and I know the same was said at Glasgow when I was there about. You know, sort of, um, sympathy and support for us. Well, let's let's have some some leadership from the um, from the university saying to other universities, let's try and sort this out. 
we could we could lead from the front here, and it would be great to see St Andrews being kind of a beacon of hope and a beacon of of, of sense in terms of how we take this forward. Because none of us want to stop teaching. It's the hardest decision we make. We all love our jobs. We love teaching students. We see it as a, as a great privilege, and this is students are the last people that we want to impact. Um, so let's work together and come to the end of this. Joe's importantly raised a few issues here, not least the disproportionate impact of pay disparity on women. She's rightly highlighted that casualization hurts women more. If you're looking after a family, precarious work conditions are even more damaging. She's also talked about pensions, which are key to the UCU demands. It seems fairly obvious that with it becoming more expensive to live, cutting pensions is going to have a major impact on people coming to the end of their working career. These cuts hurt the worst off at the time when they are most vulnerable. They seem illogical and unfair. Hi Phoebe, so you're a student. What year, what year are you in and what do you study? Uh, I'm in third year and I study anthropology. And you're obviously out here today on this Wednesday morning supporting all the staff who are striking. Why do you think it's important for students? Why are you showing your solidarity? Well, I think for one thing, it's kind of out of self-preservation. You know, I mean, the majority of us that are doing these degrees, a lot of us will be going into academic or academic-aligned occupations. And we have to protect our rights for those. You know, we're already looking at not having, not being able to retire, not being able to have a pension. Um, and now we're basically entering a workforce where they're gonna not give us permanent contracts and underpay us when they do. So, I mean, it is out of self-preservation, but I think it's also out of just human compassion, you know. I mean, the best parts of this university are made by the faculty. It's technically what we're paying for. And to be paying this much money to the university and for them to not be treating our staff, staff fairly enough, uh, for them to have to come out here at 8.30 a.m. in the morning to protest, um, it's just not good enough, essentially. And look, just to play a devil's advocate, some people would say that the only people that are really being hurt by these strikes are the students and that the university doesn't really care and will never cater to these demands being made. What would you say to that? Well, I mean, you know what, that's a fair point of view, but I think that the answer is kind of tough shit, you know? Students can be upset about the situation and maybe the strikes are only just harming the students, but that's the situation that the union has been put in, that's the situation that the staff has been put in. And do you think that striking will continue to be an effective form of action? Like there's been strikes for in last semester, last year, two years ago, and these demands have never really been fully met. I mean, I think as long as we have laws in place that restrict how people can protest and how they can show their activism, you know, we, we, you're only allowed to um, protest for two hours at a time, which is insane. Um, thanks, Patrick. But um, point being, I think if they want if they want to have more effective outlets of activism, then they should allow us to have more effective outlets of activism. Striking is one of the only outlets that we have, and the Tories are currently trying to take that away too. So again, um, I think a lot of what has why the situation is the way it is is to do with um, outside circumstances that the UC can't control. And do you think your position, your voice as a student, is being echoed in the larger student community in general? Do you think students are supportive of the strikes and understand the why 
why why academics are being forced to strike? Um, I think that perhaps it's more reflected in the national student community. I think the St Andrews student community, due to its economic makeup, is perhaps a little bit less supportive. Um, but I went to the anthropology department hosted a little meeting that was just like a dialogue between the students and the lecturers to kind of get how everyone's feeling and explain stuff. And that went down really well. I think a lot of people that went there kind of had their questions about why stuff was happening answered. So I think it would be great if the faculty department set that up. The answer to really like creating sort of a communicative atmosphere and therefore that sort of engenders more solidarity. Yeah. Because people are going to be pissed off if they don't know what's happening or why it's happening. Especially considering we have so many students from an international context and they don't really understand what the striking climate is like in the UK. There's mixed views among students with regards to the strikes, especially in St Andrews. There's probably been a bit of a lack of communication. Many students feel that they are the ones being hurt by this action without really understanding why the action is being taken. Phoebe's experience attests to this. But from what I've seen, you can only feel compassion for these people who really want to support students in every way possible, but feel they've been deprived of doing this as a result of factors outside of their control. Are we worth a decent pension? Yes, we are. Are we worth a decent pension? Yes, we are. Are we worth a decent pension? Worth a decent pension? Worth a decent pension? Yes, we are. We've seen the up-close reality of what it's like to be on the picket lines. This is just the first day of the 18-day strike action taken by all UCU members. What's clear is that there is a sense of resistance and determination. Those on strike will continue fighting until their demands surrounding pay and working conditions are met. Thank you to all the students and staff at the University of St Andrews who spoke to us. To keep up with all the developing news about the strikes and to read reaction and analysis, visit the Saints website www.thesaint.scot That's it for today. This episode was produced and edited by William Finlater. We'll be back next week. Are we worth a decent pay rise? Yes, we are. Are we worth a decent pay rise? Yes, we are. Are we worth a decent pay rise? Yes. Worth a decent pay rise?